Okay, guys, before we start this episode, we're, I'm just got to tell you now that we are going to talk about our plan thing again. So like I did the last couple of episodes, just skip through a couple of times if you don't want to hear this to get into the story. Okay, thanks. Shh. We're reading dirty books. All right, are we ready to do this thing? I think so. Cool. We got this. We know this. We know these books. We know these we know characters. We're, we're good. The boys are getting ready for bed right now, so of course they're giggly yeah, I can hear them. and <laughs> I can hear them. <laughs> Those little guys. <laughs> Do you think you know the thing? I have two ideas. Okay, good. Okay, I have two ideas. I bet you they're both completely wrong. I'm still excited. But I got I, I got to one, and I was like, oh, this is fucking it. But then I then I started getting uh, like the other one kept coming up a little bit. But then you were like, I remember you said that it was something so small, minuscule. Like it only comes up once, right? Or... I think officially twice, but yeah. Tw- okay. They, but they are like single sentences. <laughs> like two th- sentences. That's so funny. I think I'm totally wrong. I don't think okay. I caught it at all. But I okay. do have two ideas that if these things aren't you i mean one of them definitely is the other one isn't i mean sort of could be but the one that i think it is should be you <laughs> <laughs> but okay. i don't i don't know if i've got the full thing well that is gonna be so interesting so yeah it'll be fun all right hello and welcome to Sh- we're reading dirty books this is Saylat. and this is kalina and we are a podcast who reads and reviews romance novels paranormal romance novels and if you guys can hear my kids in the background they're getting ready for bed and dan is uh trying to get his homework and schoolwork and stuff done so we just kind of sat on the google and said google tell us when it's 7 30 and it tells us when it's 7 30 and then it's time for them to get ready for bed so they have to brush their teeth get in their jammies and do all of that without mom and dad right now so <laughs> naturally they're having fun yeah so they're, they're, they may or may not be accomplishing all those tasks. They may not go to bed until like actually eight o'clock, which is really their bedtime. But that's why we make them get ready to bed or get oh, ready sure. for bed way sooner. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, you know, they can keep dragging it out and out and out and out. And then they're not in bed until like nine. And you're like, yes. Oh, damn it. Which I think absolutely fucking will, especially when mom's having her broadcast. That's what they like to call it. They call this my broadcast. <laughs> And then, you know, Dan's going to yeah. do his, his schoolwork, too. Oh, I love our broadcast. I know. <laughs> we're, we're still doing our thing from our distancing, getting yeah. our shit together. I fucking figured out fucking stupid audacity. I fucking <laughs> owned it because that thing was killing me for a while. But yeah. the Google helped me out on that. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's what Google's for. Yeah. So how are you? I am doing better. I just got off of strep throat for a week Ugh. out of fucking nowhere, <laughs> which sucked. No one, you know, I guess like it, it would have to be a grocery store. Yeah. And I don't take my mask off. I'm not wandering around licking shit at the grocery store. You're not? Kissing, kissing people, uh, drinking you... out of people's bottles. I'm not doing this. Shit. You're missing out. <laughs> I mean, to the point where the lady was like, you can't have strep. Adults don't get strep. And where would you have gotten it from? And I was like, I don't know. I think that's asinine that she doesn't think that adults get strep. Well, I think she probably changed her tune when I came back with strep. Like. <laughs> she was like, oh, you do have strep. 
I was like, yeah, I do. Dan's doctor, all he has to say is, I've got strep. And he'll give him antibiotics. He doesn't even have to go in to get tested. He doesn't do the throat culture? They don't make him do the throat culture? No, because you should know if you have strep, right? I mean, I feel like that's something that you... you, I can tell when I've got strep. I, I do too. I... Because I'd never had it until a couple years ago. And I'd had sore throats. The second I had strep, I was like, oh, this is not a normal sore Mm-mm. throat. I, I mean, and I do not go to the doctor. And that first time, I only waited a day before I was like, I can't survive like this. I yeah. will die. <laughs> like you, you, you stop being able to swallow and then you stop being able to breathe. It, yeah. Breathing becomes challenging. And you know that this is not like we've all had sore throats where it's just like, oh, it's scratchy. It's itchy. Or like you have mucus draining down it, so it's kind of raw. Mm-hmm. That kind of sore throat pain. Strep's nothing like that. No, strep is like fire in your throat. <laughs> it is fire that <laughs> and ex- needle fire and needles and barbed wire. Yes, that expands. It it expands and because it, it inflames your the back of your throat, then you can't yeah. breathe or swallow or anything. Yeah, I totally. And you get those the white nodules or white mm-hmm. whatever growth that is back there, which is a, the the telltale sign. Besides all that other stuff. And I did have that the first time. I didn't have that this time, but I went in so early this time. It like could I, have been. I mean, yeah. you knew just well. Yeah, I'd I'd gotten it overnight, and I was like, I can't live like this. <laughs> Headache, fever. Headache, fever, mm-hmm. which right now it's not great to show up at doctor's office with fevers. <laughs> right, right they now. They do not like it. <laughs> right. And that's why she's like, nah, you've got the, you've got the vid. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the COVID. And I was like, I don't. And so I got, I had, I, so I got tested for COVID twice last week, <laughs> once on Monday and once on Tuesday. Oh my God. Because they tested me again, even though I just tested. That's funny. They test weekly and uh they both came back negative so yeah definitely like, did not have covid strep had strep <laughs> antibiotics thanks yep. see and you yep, later my, my last penicillin pill today nice and then i'm done for done for that session but it just and it it's the throat and stuff but then after once that goes away because of the penicillin mm-hmm. it's just thorough utter body exhaustion for like oh week. yeah it's a, it's a whole recovery thing. You cannot move. Yeah. I've had strep twice in my life. Yeah. And that was, and they were both as adults. I never got it as a kid. Never. Never. Mm-mm. So I know that's the assumption, but. Yeah. Well, oh well. there you go. Learning she was, something new. She was new. very nice about it. Well, that's good. She wasn't like trying to be mean or anything. She just, she thought it was good news that it wasn't strep. Well, good <laughs> news, you probably don't have strep. Adults don't get it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's mm. not good news because that means you're not going to give me anything. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then she tested me and I had strep and she's like, you have strep. You're some <laughs> antibiotics. And I was like, we are fine. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes, And then the up and up. How is your um, lifestyle planning going or is that? Well, that completely fell apart with the strep. Because of the strep. I figured. I figured. Because I essentially didn't eat except for like broth for a couple of days that I could choke down. And then once I could eat, I was like, I can't cook because I'm so exhausted. So it was just whatever Patrick was getting and feeding me. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, I couldn't be like, well, make sure you go and get <laughs> these vegetables. You know, I was just like, just anything. Just literally put anything in my face. But I didn't really eat for a week. So yeah, I have noticed. So I've been a little bit better this week. I had to go back to work, but I didn't have any chance to do like any of my prepping and stuff. So I've just kind of been trying to eat like the some of the nice, you know, good things that I've had around. But if I don't have enough food, you know, we've been doing takeout or fast food for dinner. And it's been awful. Like my face is itchy. And oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, because like, you're I not, think, yeah. I think my body instantly got really happy with the, the changes, eating yeah. and the planning. And like the being regulating, especially gluten and dairy out and having just bringing those back in all of a sudden with the strep and stuff. I, my body is like, fuck you, bitch. Watch oh, no. this. <laughs> so I'm, you- I'm going back on it right away. I just have to get through like another. <laughs> you know, you have to get better. Yeah, you do. Sure. You have to get better. You have to get better. And, and it was so early I think once I am ha- used to eating like this plan once I'm I get used to it for like you know I would assume a year or so of really following yeah. it and eating it then you can weather an illness it's it was month two yeah and I got taken out and I was like I don't have the coping mechanism to deal with no. this <laughs> and eat well I have to eat shitty <laughs> no that's so I'm assuming future me will be better at it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah when you get sick it just it takes you back you're just done you just gotta do oh, what yeah. you gotta do to survive <laughs> <laughs> but how are you doing february is uh going well february is going well we've introduced carbs back into our diet so i am eating obviously by the time you all listen to this it won't be february anymore but i am eating vegetables with my meat now but taking in less calories and less carbs. Because with the carnivore part of it, you could just eat as much meat as you want. And that was super high calorie intake. Zero carbs, but super high calorie intake. So we're trying to do anywhere between 800 and 1200 calories a day, which is not very much. And it's really hard to balance. But I've been eating a shitload of tilapia, which I fucking love. Which, by the way, have you tried a tilapia yet? No. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh yeah but just it, it died with the covid sure it was, it was slated for the first day or not covid the Sorry, strep I didn't have covid for the strep yeah it was the first day i had strep i was supposed to have that for dinner and i just went i'm Mm-mm. i'm not eating fish are you crazy <laughs> you would hate it extra because right i was like sick. that is setting it's setting it up for failure <laughs> absolutely you guys kalina hates seafood she hates I fish do. but she's gonna give it a try i'm, I'm trying because it's trying. healthy yeah it's, it's good I, I'm on my, I think my fourth pack of tilapia that I'm just, I'm just, I'm eating them every single day mm-hmm. for my lunch with sometimes I'll fry two eggs with, and then just eat two eggs with tilapia. And then for dinner, I'll have a salad or uh, some broccoli or, or something. So mm-hmm. with protein. Yes. So I've been doing that and it's been really good. I've been making really good progress. I can't wear my wedding ring anymore. Oh, <laughs> cause it almost flew off my flew finger off. last night. Yep. That's so, good, though. It is good. It's bittersweet. I mean, it's good. You, you can get it sized. Yes. Yeah. And I won't be able to do that for a couple months. Maybe no. not until the end of the year until I'm like completely at where I feel comfortable and I feel like my body is not going to fluctuate as much. So I'm just wearing just a ring I've got around the house. But, you know, because you've got that phantom jewelry feeling, you know, yeah. like when you wear yeah. a jewelry for so long and you don't have it on anymore. So yeah. we've got that. So that's a that's progress, I think. But that is. 
is. Yeah. But I'm feeling good. Because that's like a lot of times, you know, we focus so heavily on the weight number. But if you're really doing well, it's really inches that you lose first. Like yes. you'll start you losing inches before you really lose weight. So if you're if your rings start, you know, like start flying off or pants fall down mm-hmm. or, you know, stuff like that. That's how you know, like you're losing inches. So, you yeah, know, that's good. Yeah, it's it's um, I'm actually real, real happy with how this is going. There are up and downs, obviously. I'm wearing pants that I haven't worn in a really long time. This shirt is that's isosceles eating paper. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> my cat eating paper. Uh, yeah. So yeah, getting into clothes that I haven't fit in a long time. Like I told you the other day, I want to start wearing jeans again, which I haven't worn in years. I haven't worn jeans yeah. in years. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Everything's everything is going going good. My night pants, my night shorts that I sleep in fall off now. Yay! And I have had them for so long, and they have they've been just my shorts, and they never they were never tight on me, but they I never worried about them. And now I get up in the morning and I walk <laughs> to go to the restroom, and they. <laughs> fall down nice. <laughs> like on my way to the bathroom and i'm like come back pants <laughs> <laughs> come so I know, back that's how i know i'm like okay this is good news <laughs> that is great i love that i think those are those are great so yeah if anybody is out there that's doing this with us and wants to reach out and let us know how you guys are doing we would love that yeah yeah all right well we should probably start off now yeah we should probably in. do do what our our, our, uh, our purpose a, of here a quickie so yeah. i have a quickie for you let's do this do you believe in reincarnation that's a good one <laughs> I, I like that one a lot Aha. um so i have a really confusing answer <laughs> what okay. what's new it's say that i think in all reality i do not i do believe that our obviously our natural body our physical body goes back into the earth whether it is in the ground or it's in the air um Mm -hmm. you know like through ashes or through dirt or or whatever but as far as anything spiritual no i i mean like it's almost like if you ask me if i believe in ghosts i don't but they scare the shit out of me (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah. Like the thought of it is terrifying and I do give myself the creeps a lot. I can't watch paranormal movies because of it type of thing. Mm-hmm. But as far as reincarnation goes, I do not. I am actually really, my belief in that is really far from what I've grown up with and what my family believes. My families are generally Buddhist. And so they have that, you know, what the energy you have goes back into the earth, your spirit. You were once your great grandmother, blah, 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 <laughs> like, you know, yeah. ancestors and things like that. I'm a science type of guy. Mm-hmm. And so I follow more of the, the science feelings versus the um, the not yeah. science. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But yeah, yeah. What about you? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I do not. I think I've probably, I think I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before. I think one of those episodes that we had like the Grim Reaper or something or death in it. Mm-hmm. I fundamentally just... It doesn't make sense to me that there's anything after life. Like, life is life. And that's the whole fucking point of it. Yeah. You live it and then it's over. And that doesn't, that's not scary to me. That's not, I know that for a lot of people that's upsetting and it's depressing. And the idea that you just cease to be is like, how horrible. And I'm like, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Or did you have a great life? And then your body died. And now you're dead. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just don't think of 
you know, the spirit or the soul or anything like that. I don't have faith. You know, I'm not religious. I don't have faith. I uh, just, we don't know, I guess. So obviously, I can't prove that I'm right by any means. It is, nobody knows what happens after death, but I just don't think anything does. I think we die. Then we're dead. Yeah, I hear you. And nothing. It's not like you know you're dead. You're not sitting there going, oh my God, I'm dead. No, (laughs) you're done. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Cease. (laughs) Yeah. So no, I don't, I don't, I do feel like people can have, Something that I do think is can explain some of these concepts and some of the things that people think like ghosts or spirits or those like deja vu moments or is a genetic history that we are essentially more linked than we know. You know, living beings, all living things. I think there is a history and there's a there's a power, like a resonance between people that is not that we just don't understand yet. I think it's beyond our science as of now to really grasp. Yeah. But I think so there can be a genetic memory. So it might like when you have those stories of like little kids saying shit from like past lives that that everyone's like, Mm. how did that happen? (laughs) Like, yeah, I feel like that, especially like young kids or people in like the twilight of life or maybe even with um, Alzheimer's or some of those types of diseases that kind of take away the certain cognitive functions, like they can be closer to that weird interconnective pa- like pathways between life mm-hmm. forces, between, you know, life forces, and maybe have a like, tap into that understanding that is somewhere in our genetics and our, and our, our beings. Yeah. But it's not, to me, it's not like it's not a soul or a, you don't come back in a new body. It's just like that there is a history, like a genetic genetic history that is written in us that maybe sometimes people can access better than others. Yeah, that that I, that makes sense too. And I mean, there's so much about our brain that we can't, that oh. we just don't even understand. The brain is probably doing all kinds of things we can't even yeah. comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find those stories fascinating. Like you said about, you know, the kids, the seven-year-old who remembers he was in World War One. <laughs> You yeah. know, or something like that. And it's like, whoa, that's crazy. Or or any really any of the stories that my mom or my dad tells me about back in Cambodia about this or that. I find it incredibly weird. Like my, my mom tells me all the time. She's like, you should never treat people bad. Karma is real, which I, I do in a sense believe in karma, but maybe not in a spirit, spiritual sense. But like she would say something like, if you were ever terrible to anybody, then you're going to come back in the next life as a worm or, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, yeah. or things like, like that. That's a lot of that, re- like the, the Buddhist. Yeah. Yeah. Come back at different stages of. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. I. <sighs> I love the idea of karma because I love the idea of just doing good and you reap good and doing bad and you reap bad. Yeah. You know, like it feels just to me. Karma feels just and I like justice. Yes. But I don't, unfortunately, I just see too many experiences. I mean, look at our world. Yeah. Like the rich, awful, terrible people live these great rich lives and don't have consequences, you know? And it's like, and that proves to me that karma is bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Because if it wasn't, bad things would happen to those people because they are bad people. And good things would happen to good people. And it's not the way the fucking world works. You want it to. You want so badly to be like, well, you'll get yours. They don't. They don't get theirs. No, they don't. It's not the way it works. The problem is that ethics is relative. People believe in so many different things and think that the right way to be is different from others. I mean, yeah, Yeah. they won't get theirs. And they they should. Uh, Maybe they will. Okay. Well, it was All a right. good one. I liked Yay. it. Yeah. And it's a little bit, It's it makes sense with the book we read. 
<laughs> yeah, so the book we read, guys, we're excited about it, is the third book of the Dragonfire novel series called Kiss of Fire by Deborah Cook. We have read Quinn and Sarah's book and well, well this this is Kiss of Fate. Sorry, what did I say? Kiss of Fire, which is the first book. <laughs> Quinn and Sarah's book is Kiss of Fire. I'm literally looking at the book and I said Kiss of Fire. I meant Kiss of Fate. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> And then we read Donovan and Alex's book, and now we are on Eric and Eileen, and Eric is actually the leader of the pyre. Yes. Yep. So Eric is the leader, and he is quite an old dragon. He's he's of the Viking era, and he has actually already had a firestorm when he was younger, in like the 1700s. And so in this book, it's the third eclipse that is signifying all of these um there's three prophesied matings that are following the three eclipses that are happening at this time it's in whatever year and <laughs> what it doesn't matter and see the the pyre in the if you remember any of the previous episodes or you know when we talked about the, in the other books they're in this battle with the slayers you know good dragons bad dragons right Bad dragons hate humans and think they should all die. Good dragons protect all of Earth's bounties and precious, you know, like commodities, even humans. The These eclipses and then the dragon or the firestorms that follow them are supposed to set the pyre up for success to win this battle this in the long run they're supposed to if they're successful mm -hmm. in these firestorms then they're going to have the tools they need to beat the slayers in the end. So we went through the first two. Eric's all out there telling Quinn and Donovan, you just got to go uh, consummate your drag your firestorms. We have to breed. We need more dragons. This is for the, the soul, you know, of the pier, the the future of the earth, basically. Yeah. And, or the pyre, right? I the, keep calling them pier. Uh, I'm saying pyre. Pyre. I'm I say the pyre. pyre. Yeah. Anyway. And then all of a sudden the third eclipse happens and the um, dragon egg prophecy thing says... All right, here's the here's where the next firestorm's going to be and boom, it's Eric's firestorm and mm -hmm. he's all like shit cuz he's so like pro go get you yep. some booty. <laughs> go, go make procreate. little dragon babies. <laughs> and then it's his turn and he's, he's all like, like I don't fucking want it. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've leader. got I've got baggage from my do. past. <laughs> I've got issues. Um, <laughs> he does. So, he does have issues. Totally. So there's also just a lot of other stuff happening, which I'm not <laughs> going to get into in the book because it's really like if, if you read the books, you know, and it's good. And there's these side stories and overall like stuff with the fighting and the slayers and they have all this. They're super bad and they have all of these you know like they just get so much from being bad and it's so hard to defeat them because they're like immortal and shit anyway yeah this is where karma doesn't come in on this play <laughs> See, here karma it doesn't does not work <laughs> boris does eventually die but he just gets to fuck he, around with everyone's life first and that he sucks. does but um so the, in the meantime there's also this stuff with the teeth and the dragon's teeth and like there's a lot and i'm not going to go into all of that so basically what happens in a nutshell, is Eric goes to England because that's where the storm's supposed to be, where he's supposed to find the next mate. And he knows her name is Eileen. And he goes there. He's he's looking for her. She happens by coincidence 
to stumble across these teeth that everyone's looking for, the, the Slayers and the Pyre are looking for. She ends up with them in her possession. She has dreamt about him. He has dreamt about her. So she kind of like, when she sees him, she's like, oh, dude, I know you from my dreams. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and he has to save her from uh, bad dragons in the very beginning. So she immediately sees dragons. She's like, holy shit. I think this has happened in all three of the books, hasn't it? Yes. Where like the ladies are almost killed by dragons immediately. In the, in the very beginning. <laughs> so there's no like easing into the dragon no. world. It's just like, look, there's dragons. <laughs> yeah. You just all of a sudden there's a dragon in your your candle shop. She's a comparative myth uh Professor. professor so she is on a sabbatical for the semester looking into a very specific myth in england that a story she's trying to hunt down the origins of because all these historical stories have some truth in them and she's trying to find it and it happens to be a story about a dragon mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns out like they they start hanging out he's following her he wants to help you know, she realizes she's in trouble that people are out to get her he's trying to protect her but he also wants the teeth she doesn't want to give him the teeth so they're dealing with this She's off to investigate this story in a place called Ironbridge. He's like, holy shit, that's my history. So the story she's trying to track down is called The Dragon Lover of Madeleine. Mm, yeah, I-, I wasn't sure how to say that word. Madeleine sounds either. good. M- we'll go Mel- Madeleine. Mel- Melanie or something. Something like that. And it turns out it's his history with his first firestorm, Louisa. Louisa. And it's in the 1700s. He, you know, felt the storm. He met Louisa. She found out he was a dragon and believed it was evil. It was this, you know, back in the day where it's like, you know, Satan obviously has touched you. Otherwise, why would you be a dragon? Mm -hmm. So she agreed to go with him, but he had to promise not to become a dragon ever again. <laughs> and he's he agreed somehow, but also she would have to never see her family again. So they both really like locked each other into some pretty yeah. stupid promises. Totally. <laughs> like those suck. But um naturally it didn't work out. They had a son, he kind of turned evil when he became because my guess is like he wasn't allowed to find out about dragons and then all of a sudden he became a dragon and Eric was like, okay, well, dragons exist and you are one, but we can't be one because mom doesn't like it. <laughs> and <laughs> and so he ended up going over to like his son, Guth, uh, Sigmund, ends up becoming a slayer and that upsets Eric and he's trying to stop it. But then, oh, I don't know. There's a lot. Like there- her fa- Louisa's father is actually an alchemist and alchemists are killing dragons. And the- he ends up killing both Boris's father and Eric's father. And Eric kills him and Louisa sees and he kills them, of course, as a dragon. So she knows that he broke his, his promise pa- to never <laughs> be a dragon. And Sigmund, or yeah, Sigmund watched him kill his grandfather, who he, the alchemist, who he was learning from. So in his mind, Eric is a murderer of his, you know, only good family. And then Louisa kills herself. So now everything's a mess. Everyone's dead except Eric and, and <laughs> Sigmund. And they and they hate each other. Whatever. They do. They do. And that part's real sad. And so he's, he explains all this to Eileen and that he thinks she is basically Louisa's soul come back to earth, but she's a different person too. Like she's, she's a stronger, different version of, of Louisa. He's, she's not just Louisa reincarnated. So that's why she was drawn to the story. That's why she was drawn to that place. And she ended up finding him. And so at first she's just like, he tells her that the firestorm is happening, but it's only supposed to be sex. 
So she's like, cool, I'll fuck you. Like, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. who doesn't who doesn't want to have sex with I a mean, really handsome Viking dragon dude? Fuck yes. We're all on board for that, right, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> or men. Let's all. Whatever. Let's, find, let's all get there. Viking dude, let's do it. So they have some really steamy hot sex, mm-hmm. but he does not impregnate her because he's like, no, I can't do that. It's not fair. He also has this weird, like, there's the prophecy and the prophecy says something about sacrifice and blood sacrifice and he's convinced it means he has to die. Yes. And so he's like, well, I shouldn't bring a child into this world if I have to die. And (laughs) whatever. There's a few things. That and he didn't want to tell her that she would get pregnant no matter what on their first try. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't think it was fair because he hadn't told her that yet. So he had sex with her without telling her. And so he didn't come inside her because he didn't want her to be pregnant. And then they end up, they battle. There's a bunch of battles. They fly across the ocean to Chicago. She finds out more about that whole prophecy that he believes in. And she's like, you know, you're wrong. And then she's like, in the end, it doesn't really matter. I will carry your child. You know, I want to have a kid anyway. I will help do this. Even if you don't want to be with me, I I will do it. And when it's time, I will need someone to help raise him as a dragon. Yes. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) We can figure this out together. And so she basically offers him acceptance of who he is. And if that's the way he, the path he wants to go, she's fine with it. Yep. And so then they have the down and dirty and actually do create life. Oh, my my dog's barking now. So this is fun. (laughs) My cat's scratching to get out of the room. So this is going to be a great episode. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, animals. (laughs) Thanks. Um, and then in the end, they kind of like decide, nah, they should really be together. <laughs> yeah. She takes like, she's like, give me one month. So she gets pregnant at the end, the very, very end. She gets pregnant. She's like, give me one month to like get all my shit together to think this through. And then the very last day of the month, there he is sitting in her class and now they're together. They love each other. They can't, they can't deny they it. They do. Yeah. They can't deny it. She's everything he's been waiting for and needing in his life. They're, they're you know, they're, they complement each other. They bring strengths that the other one has weaknesses in, you know. Yeah. All that good stuff that we love in romance books. Absolutely. <laughs> Where we're just like, these two are perfect for each other. Why won't they see it? Uh, why can't they do it? <laughs> I was just so. looking through the book to see if I could figure out that word. But Mad- Mad- Madeleine or whatever it is. And there isn't an N because I always wanted there to be an N because then it'd be like Mandalay. Which yeah, is Mandalay Bay from uh, right? Las Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> but there isn't an N. So I just think it's M- Madeleine. Ma- Madeleine. Yeah, it's something like that. It's uh, We don't know, guys. I mean, we know. Again, but... We actually read this is a read book. There's not an audio for it. So exactly. we, couldn't, we couldn't look it up. You know what else the book didn't go back and do? So she said that she originally heard about this story from one of her students grandmother or aunt? well her student said that her grandmother told her okay uh, but they know ne- she never revisits that and tell us who the student is or like how how do they know about this story well I- eric thinks that it must have been so louisa has a sister adelaide oh that she sun- thinks it was oh, sunshine sun- yes yeah, sunshine so um that it was her line because she would have known about him because remember he he brought her nephew Sigmund when he was born to to see her and then she got the dragon painting from Shadow from Louisa Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so she would have pretty much known the story and and the original myth doesn't include all of that 
stuff about how they died and st- it's just that they fell in love and had a kid right there's yeah. nothing about how she you know, committed the, the suicide end yeah there's how... nothing about yeah yeah so so he thinks it probably was her telling her kids and their kids and, and oh, okay. somewhere down the line that's how it ended up with one of eileen's students but yeah you're right they don't definitively figure it out no but uh so lots of action in this book I mean, they're literally running the whole time. It's really good. So if you guys remember, I'm going to just, I'm going to start this off this way because I (laughs) think we have to start, we we have to start it (laughs) off. So, so for the past two, and I I don't even know which number episodes they are for the first and the second book. I look super pale in my camera, by the way. I, that's not what color I really am. <laughs> well, I look pink as fuck. You so. look really pink and I look super yellow. Well, I told yellow. you my, my face is itchy and red. Yes. Like, and it has been since I've been eating bad again. So yeah. Oh, like almost the same color as your shirt. It is. It's awful. Yeah. And I look like I have jaundice. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. This is not good. <laughs> not good. Good thing this is not a live so broadcast. So just because just I think we should say it. So the first book we did for episode four and then wow. the Second book we did. Um, I didn't label it, but I oh twenty four. So episode four and episode twenty four. Nice. And now episode eighty (laughs) two. We're coming back to book three. So Colleen had mentioned in I think both of those episodes that there is some particular thing. That happens in this book that has pretty much defined her life. <laughs> or which way did you, how, how have you put it? I don't know, but it's definitely had an impact. <laughs> it's a had long a, lasting impact. Yeah, a long lasting impact. So she she says that it, she doesn't think anybody could pick it up. I don't think I picked it up, but I have two ideas and I think I'm completely wrong on both of them. But I'm going to give it a shot. Yay, I'm so excited to find out what you think. <laughs> And then to tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm way off. I think I'm way, way off, but I think I'm going to go with it. So the first one I'm not too confident about, but she carries around her knitting, which you don't do. You don't carry around knives, not knives. Oh my God, what am I talking about? <laughs> Sc- <laughs> Scarves. You also and- don't carry knives. <laughs> right. Uh, yarn. <laughs> yarn and knitting needles and things like that so i know i know you don't do that but you do like scarves i do i don't think it's not scarves is it it's not scarves. it's not scarves okay i did not think it was that one that was just a shot in the dark so is this one (laughs) do you always wear your hair in a bun with a clip on purpose because of this book uh no damn it that was the only thing i had okay it is the blue nail polish on the toes. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I didn't even think about that. Well, how could you? Because it's so minute in the book. But I don't know why. So when I read, and I read this <laughs> originally way back, like when it came out, I was reading this series. So this would be 2008. So I would be 26. Math. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've got to say. Yeah, yeah, it's 26-ish. I'd be in that range, mid-20s, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, for some, like, I read a lot and I read a lot of books. And sometimes you identify more or less with certain characters. But fucking Eileen, I felt like was a partial version of me like there was just so many pieces that I recognized like 
Um, I've highlighted some of the words, like some of the sentences, like ultimate pragmatist, skeptical romantic. Yeah. Um, some other things. But anyway, like I felt she, I had left academia at the time, but I had just done it. I had just come out of it. And I'd always kind of want, like that was exactly the kind of professor I would have wanted. Like I wasn't in comparative mythology studies or anything like that, but it it felt like that resonated with me because it's kind of history. Yeah. And like, like uncovering the history of stories would have been such an interesting career. Yeah. And being a professor and like research and all of that. She had all of these like failed monogamal relationships but none of them really mattered to her like, oh my god you know? yeah like she just was like she'd be kind of upset when they ended just because that's what you're supposed to do she was doing the things you were you, that you're supposed to do like i never got married she did get married because i wasn't that impulsive and she had just one moment of impulsivity but even that when it ended she like knew he had cheated on her and was probably cheating on her and she was like yeah okay whatever and you know and i <sighs> I have all of the I have all of those relations. Like I have a cheating. I have uh, dated somebody who was gay. Yeah. I dated somebody who was like all of these things like emotionally unavailable. Married. Well, I don't did it, didn't ever date anyone married, but in <laughs> other relationship, you know. And I mean, just all the things that she had done, I had done. None of them really did affect me all that strongly because, like, if you only find it's that thing of seeking people who you know are essentially unavailable and thus never putting yourself on the line and she that's what her sister tells her her yeah. you know lynn is like you've never even really tried you've mm-hmm. gone after assholes who aren't there for you and then you're you're not hurt when they prove to be worthy jerks, right yeah um she was really content alone you know happy in herself like all these things just so many things just over and over like i did that was probably the height of my knitting uh so i was pretending like i would carry knitting around (laughs) (laughs) i I definitely don't i i failed at actually being that kind of knitter but (laughs) at the time i think it would have really struck me and like kind of that facade of like quiet conservatism but then when he undresses her the first time she has electric blue toenails Oh and my and god. One of my favorite tropes for myself was always like that unexpected thing that I liked that no one would have looked at me and thought I liked. So like I liked hardcore rap, like rock, you know, um like metal music. Yeah. And stuff that like everyone who met me was always surprised by that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the the blue nail polish really fit, like fit in with that cuz it was like, oh yeah, that no one would expect me to wear blue nail polish. That's so funny. And, and just on the toes. Yes, on the toes. Specifically so, on the toes. To this day I wear blue nail. Polish. Yes, you do. That's the color you choose for when we go get petties, that's what you do. You get blue or I when we painted them at home. I love it so much. I st- I'm not doing a lot of the other things that were pretty affected from that time period in my life. Like, I don't care if the music I like surprises somebody or doesn't surprise somebody or the movies I like or any of my, like, I don't care anymore. So I'm, that was all a very affected period of time for me. But I mean, as it is for, I think, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I really came to love the blue. Like, I just, when I look at my toes and they're not blue, I get sad. <laughs> That's so funny. I remember that part in the book and it makes complete sense now. Yeah, they only mention it like like he sees it the first time and you know says and he's a, he's surprised by it. He's the sentence I highlighted was 
the unlikely blue of her nail polish, she was a woman full of surprises, and he was amazed by the power of his desire to discover them all. Yeah. So I liked the concept of being like, oh, I look this way, and I'm so, you know, I've been surprised. There's this hidden surprise. Yeah. And then, yeah, at the end, she's like, I wear blue nail polish. I'm not that. (laughs) Do I seem that? uh, Or something. What did she say? I'm going to find it. (laughs) Because it's. It was really funny because it's one of the things she says at the very end. She's like, painting my toenails blue, is that the choice of a woman concerned with convention? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, of all the romance books I've read, and I have now read lots and lots. I mean, we've read at least 82 uh, (laughs) just for this podcast. (laughs) I still, like, even on this rereading, I still was like, yeah, I'm Eileen. (laughs) Like, Eileen is me. (laughs) To the... This is the this one is you the relate one to I'm most. Cl- I feel like is closest to me as a person, you know, and who I am and like has all that stuff, you know, not exact by any means, but like she's afraid of water and obviously sure. I'm not. <laughs> I've been swimming my whole life. <laughs> yeah. No, that was me. <laughs> I was channeling her there. But I just have, I've always attached, you know, like I've really loved this book for, I've reread it so many more times than almost any other romance. Mm. I could not wait for us to get to it and it just took us two years it did <laughs> but we got but we there, got the there. i knew this was gonna be a fun conversation to have but also it was good like yeah the longer it took i was like oh man i have built this up now and she's gonna be like that's it it's blue <laughs> nail polish i'm like yeah <laughs> no i don't think that's stupid at all because I, actually i think i was pretty close in the context of like well i mean because i said putting your hair up in a bun with a clip yeah i mean that's I think along the same mm-hmm. line, sort of, you know, because that's what do. you do. I mean, if you didn't, your head would fall <laughs> over all the time because your hair is half your body weight. You have so much hair. So, I mean, I get it. I would wear my hair up in a clip all the time, too, because it, it, it's hot and it's heavy and, you know, and all. so that I thought for sure. I was like, <laughs> I found it. I fucking found it. So I think I was close, but I do. I do notice the blue nail polish. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly it. I yep. get it. And I it, love it. it. Is, it's hard. I'll, I'll <laughs> like. I painted him a different color for Emily's wedding, and I was like, as soon as it was over, I was back to blue because I was like, nah. Did you paint it that? Yeah, pur- that like magenta color that, that we had. Yeah, whatever. Well, the I'm sorry, purple. She had many different <laughs> it was not colors. Purple. That yeah. was fuchsia. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that's that's yes. been figured yeah, out. Yeah, I just it's a fun you know story, and I love this book. I love this book so much. <laughs> Yeah. It's such a good one. So other things, though, with <laughs> yeah, with Eileen. Other things. So, there are a lot of different this, things that are this happening This book is here. essentially a kind of second chance story. We haven't really done a lot yes. of those. I think the last one I remember was Christmas, Christmas with those one. little elf, the Christmas elf, the mini, mm-hmm. the three elf stories from like two Christmases ago. <laughs> Yeah. And that was a really fun one. We Because ha- they just aren't – so many of ours are like faded mate type things where, you know, they meet and that's it. It's a done deal. There's never this second chance narrative where like they grew up and – oh, wait. We had another one. Nicole's book. <laughs> yes, Nicole's book. I was just thinking about that. I was like, wait a minute. But Sarah and yes. Jake. Yes. That's true. Yeah. So we've had two. And oh, I forgot. Oh, I fucking loved Sarah and Jake. I don't remember what the book is called Accidental right now. Magic accidental magic yeah 
Oh, I loved that one so much. And I loved their second chance story. That was a really good one. But yeah, this one was definitely in a... And really, I mean, it is a second chance for Eileen now that she starts to remember a little bit about her past life as Louisa. But it's definitely a second chance for Eric. And not just to be in another firestorm in another relationship with the same woman that he loved before, but loves even more now. But even to become a father, because Sigmund dies yeah. in this book, his son, their son. Yes. He, he does die in this book, but then she is pregnant at yeah. the end. But he does have a redeeming moment. At the, Sigmund has a redeeming moment at the end where he maybe isn't a full slayer anymore. Like this was good for him too. Right. Because the times we had met him in, earlier in the previous two books, he was awful. And he's just so full of hate for his father. He's convinced his father murdered his grandparents, both of his grandparents, and drove his mother to suicide. And, you know, all of this awful. And so he just hates him and he wants to hurt him so badly. And he's the one really that found out all of this secret dark magic stuff that the slayers are using to the, the elixir, elixir and the bringing back the, the dead of life. the dead dragons and all this other shit and mm-hmm. but at the end of this book he's there to he shows up to thwart his father's firestorm but when he meets Eileen he sees a Louisa in it like his mom and yeah. she starts to remember some things and she apologizes you know because Louisa did reject him and that was part of his path to becoming a slayer as he got rejected by his mom who he loved and she apologizes for that. She, she's, you know, Eileen does at least. And, and she tries to help him and, and he ends up saving her from Boris. And in the end, mm-hmm. when he dies, his blood is kind of both red and black because black is the sign that you've chosen the you're dark side. So you're, a, yeah, you're a slayer. You've chosen the dark over the light. But his blood starts to turn red again because he's made a redemptive arc, which is so wonderful because then they both get to say goodbye to him and, and mm-hmm. he, has a good ending because he had a bad life his whole life was not you know that's 300 years of just tortured tormented pain and suffering and hate and and holding a grudge towards his father and yeah so but yeah so eric gets to kind of have a, a redemptive moment with his son but then the new life of his new child that's on its way so he gets mm-hmm. to try again that way. He gets to learn the mistakes he made because he did make mistakes with Louisa. Like no one should ever make that prom- that promise that they made or the, yeah, the two promises that they made to each other, you know, her promise to never see her family ever again and his promise to not be a dragon. <laughs> to not be the person or the thing that is, he, he truly is. You can't, those sh- you should never try to exact a promise like that no. from somebody. You're, you're asking someone to deny who they are and to deny you know where they came from and that it's just so those were mistakes he didn't go after her when she was upset when he when she found out about Sigmund and then when she saw him kill her father and he didn't try to explain it to her he just let her go like and he knows not to do Mm -hmm. that again and you know he and Eileen had to work through all this even though she's not Louisa she has some of those old memories and and he gets to he gets to work through some of his errors and also in that moment he became the leader of the pyre 
And that yes. became his whole life. It was consumptive. You know, he was going to lead them and come hell or high water, you know, that was his duty, whatever it took, to the point where he was willing to sacrifice himself, if that was the his understanding of the prophecy. And at the end, Eileen also helps him understand that you can't be that one-sided and imbalanced in your life. You have to mm-hmm. care for yourself and put your duty to yourself. Otherwise, you aren't a good leader. Like, you can't just be like, well, I do it all for the pyre, so I'm a, I'm a good leader. That's not... <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> Isn't that like a song lyric? Do it all for the nookie? <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 no, it's in one of those hard rock songs that you love to listen to. So. <laughs> Your face is so red. <laughs> <laughs> I said it and I was like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> but anyway. So yeah, so so she helps him she brings him balance and like learns to, you know, he gets to want stuff for himself. He gets to want to be with her and want to have kids with her and spend time with her and be happy. He doesn't only have to be the leader, you know? Yeah. And uh, oftentimes a leader is so serious and he is. He's a super serious character, but there are times where he has let his guard down and allow a little bit teasing here and there and joking with with Eileen. And she totally brings that out in him. She and she's just even though she's got the memories of being Louisa, she I think has recognized the error in her behavior as Louisa, I guess, in a sense. And she's able to sort of get redemption also, even in her current life and find a new relationship or the relationship that she's been looking for in Eric. Yeah, because as you know, I kind of mentioned, she's had all these bad with or relationships with men who just aren't worth it and aren't living up to yeah. But she sets the bar for them low so it's okay right she's not surprised Mm -hmm. when they fail but she takes all of eric even like his faults and accepts him and so like in one point boris or magnus or somebody was trying to tell her about how horrible he like he killed his own father right he he, he did it to become the leader really twisting the story to make it sound like you know he murdered his father for power And she just was like, she's only known him two days for all she knows he did. But she's like, okay, I bet there's more to that story. (laughs) And she just, yeah, she just didn't believe. I mean, she believed him. She didn't think he was lying, but just that she was that he was manipulating the truth. And he was. So she just like, oh, I'm sure you, you know, you could explain to me what really happened. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can. (laughs) My dad was basically tortured to death and I had to end his misery. So I did. I did kill him because he begged me to. <laughs> but yeah. not to become the leader, not, you know, for power or glory. Did he then become the pyre because his or the leader of the pyre because his dad was the leader of the pyre? So it like went down in generation or just because he was the oldest, the strongest? Like, why did he actually become that? My the assumption is just because his dad he had killed well i think because his dad had created it and he was on it and now it sounds like you know he'd mentioned that there were seven other dragons on the council but i don't feel like there's still a council because the only one left is rafferty and he has his the pyre are with him but i don't feel as if they're necessarily a council maybe they are and it's just not as explained I don't know. I thought that be yeah, I thought maybe. that pit of it maybe wasn't didn't survive the three hundred years or something. Okay. But everyone else in the, the group was is dead. 
All the other dragons. In the council. Except Rafferty. So you would think Rafferty would be the leader because he is the oldest, but. Yeah. I am so interested in Rafferty's story. Me too. We have to seven. wait a couple books for his. <laughs> well, I mean, not seven more, but four more to get to his book, because his book is seven, and we're only at yeah. book three. I'm so intrigued by his character. He's the one that's just like, I mean, he's part of the pyre, but he doesn't always listen nor heed into whatever <laughs> Eric tells the clan to do. Or the Well, I mean, yeah, he was thing, just, whatever, he was completely know. off doing something else for like this whole book. Yeah. Well, even when they were all meeting, like, because so the dragon egg breaks because the is that what is the dragon egg yeah what is it yeah it's the dragon is egg. what it is okay the prophecy the dragon ball. egg because boris <laughs> the prophecy ball boris goes in and tries to kill sophie and destroy the egg and nicholas is there to defend both of them but he could only save one so he saves sophie and in the process of doing that the dragon egg breaks and so the prophecy ball is broken and so everybody congregates at eric's apartment because that's where it happened this is what kalina was talking about earlier when they were able when he was able to like pass through the the dragon smoke which is not something anybody can do and he can uh shapeshift into a salamander like the wyvern can boris can boris can yeah yeah. Yes, Boris can. Sorry, I don't. What did I say? No, I just wanted to reiterate that it was Boris you were talking about because it'd been a while since you said Boris. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is all Boris. This is the other bad guy, the second place bad guy, because Magnus is the big, well, big bad in, guy. Boris used to be the first. He was the yes, yeah, in the f- he was the leader of the the Slayers, and then Sigmund went and found Magnus, and Magnus was like, "Bitch, let me show you something." <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got this secret cave with yeah dragon of blood elixir but yeah he so he is the head head now and boris died in this book so finally for sure died i finally I, mean, I guess we don't know but he can't die in two books and then keep coming back that can't happen well i mean they put all of the different elements on him after they smashed him as a salamander yeah right? the the trouble was last time he had drunk the elixir this time he didn't get to drink it again so i think that's why he's gonna be dead dead yeah but Eric thought he had killed him before and exposed him to all the elements, but because he had the dragon's blood elixir in him, he did come back. So yes. that sucks. Fuck you, Boris. Yeah, Boris. But yeah. Boris yeah, no, really, During really all sucked. that, Rafferty isn't there. But I didn't, no one called Rafferty as the thing. I thought, no, right. Because they all congregated together on their own because they could all sense it. They could feel that something had happened when they broke. So like all of the the pirate heart, because even they, they found even a new dragon that was sort of like an orphan dragon, almost kind of like Quinn was. Yeah. But he was a little bit more misled that followed Nile? Yeah. Nile. That followed Nile, or Nile had discovered him at a, a nightclub or something. And I actually really like this kid. He's really funny. <laughs> Thorolf. Yeah. Thor. Thorolf. Thorolf. I like him too. I'm, I'm and, excited uh, for him and his story. Yeah. And then they, they all meet each other, but they all could feel it. So they all meet at Eric's place. But I thought, I, I don't know. Eric and Rafferty are mad at each other. Well, they're fighting. <laughs> they were friends off in the beginning. They're friends yeah. on now. <laughs> Well, Rafferty is the oldest and he's never had a firestorm. And this is Eric's second. And Eric's like, you know, I wish it was yours. And he's like, shut up, asshole, and be happy. You're getting a second chance. And Eric isn't appreciative of that thought (laughs) and that line of statement. (laughs) And Rafferty's mad. Sometimes I not had one. (laughs) I want to be (laughs) in love and have a wife. Yeah, think about all of us that haven't had the firestorm yet and you're complaining about having a second one. It does. I mean, good point, Rafferty. (laughs) 
Well taken. And also, I'm the oldest one. So, yeah, doubles and for you. <laughs> I've been alone too three long. Three more dragons have theirs before him. <laughs> I know. Oh, his better be not, good. Die. <laughs> Oh, I want to get there so bad. It's going to yeah. be like 18 more years before we get there. <laughs> uh, oh, what if what if it's Eric's daughter? That's unacceptable. <laughs> don't 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 bring the Twilight bullshit in here. I don't want none of that Jacob with Renesme bullshit. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh no, I fucking hate that, that storyline. I hate it oh, so fucking much. I don't appreciate yeah, it. Fuck that noise. Her name's Melissa, so let's assume that that's not what they named what they named the <laughs> what they named the new yeah. Weaver. Okay, so you had you had another thought you wanted to talk about cuz it kind of comes up in the beginning of the book about how at first Eric thinks he's just going to have sex with her. He's just going to have sex and maybe impregnate her and then he's going to go about his way. And then even in the end, she says, "That's okay. We can just do it one more time for a baby and then you you never have to be with me." And so they both at some point think that they can just do that and not have love. Yeah. Obviously, they're super attracted to each other. They're both super hot and they're on this like sweaty steamy chase across fucking where are they London. again? Well, England at some point. Yeah. All across England and and then they have to go back to the states later on in the book, but you know, obviously anytime they touch each other, there's that electricity, the firestorm is there. There was one point in the book, and I think this might have been before the first time they actually had sex. I, one of them was mentioning something about the how they could separate the emotions between sex and love. And, you know, obviously they weren't at that love part yet because they were just getting to know each other. But I just thought that would be something interesting to talk about on uh, mm-hmm. how we feel about that. Ken, is that something that you think you could separate between, like, sex and love? Like, sex is really just physical and love is all mental. M- <laughs> mental <laughs> is not a word. <laughs> I like how do you feel about that? What is what what are your thoughts around that? Um I think that some people probably are very capable of that. Hence all of the asshole Absolutely. cheaters in the world. <laughs> There you go. Uh, But then there's also people who, you know, love everybody. So maybe that's what their thing is. I don't know. I don't (laughs) think it's possible for me. I mean, I can't say that I've been like head over heels in love with everyone I've ever slept with, but I'm more emotional about them than when I don't sleep with people, <laughs> like, you know, the people who I've not slept with. Like, sure. And that's why I'm so, like, when a relationship is over, that's it. Like, we're not going to be yeah. friends. We were lovers, and that's, you can't go backwards from that. <laughs> I'm not okay with it. I don't have anyone in my life from my past, you know. You don't have any no, exes in your life that you're friends with? That I have that I even talk to in any way, shape, or form. No. Okay. Because I just, once you kind of cross that line, it's... That's there's emotions. It's the the point of no return. It's all messy then, and and emotional, and like you know, you're always gonna be like, I don't know. I so I don't think so. I think I mean that doesn't mean that they couldn't have had like a one night stand like to just like if he mentioned to her that she would probably get pregnant and they had just had the sex in the hotel the first time and then he had left with the teeth and never come back mm-hmm. i think that i mean i'm not saying that they didn't love each other but i think they would have had smaller emotions for each other close to love but not quite you know and they would have been able to get on yeah. with their lives but i don't think they can keep spending time together and having sex and not end up in love <laughs> 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the more time you spend with somebody, the more you get to know them, the more you either start to like them or you start to (laughs) hate them. Obviously, this is a romance novel. We know where it's going. And I think your answer is appropriate for having that type of no longer being friends or having your exes in your life at all. That emotional part of it is completely cut off, which means we can never be friends again. We can never be anything again. Yeah. And I get that completely. I am friends with some of my exes. It's I, I'm not going to say we're close friends. We still every once in a while say hey on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, or happy birthday or or something like that. But like I would say two of my exes were a big part of my mm-hmm. life. One of them in, in particular was Julian obviously and he he and I are Facebook friends but we're not like buddy buddy we don't talk and everything all the time and there was emotion involved there was a lot of oh, emotion yeah. involved there there was love involved in that one but as far as being physical and not emotional I don't want to say that that is impossible but I also think that it is obviously there is some type of emotion you have if you're going to sleep with somebody right whether it is you really really like them or you really really like sex or you need to get off or just like any type of emotion right but like you don't love somebody new that you that you like i don't like you don't love your tinder date Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah you're there to just bone okay i get it but there's still that that anticipation and maybe deep down inside somewhere this could be somebody that you can love or be with you know or, or like start a relationship with or something like that so i don't know if i could separate the emotion between just sex and love which is going to be really hard if dan and i ever try to do the threesome thing <laughs> that we keep teasing each other about yeah no i definitely think there are people who can you know but yeah i'm not one of them i don't think i was never ever like in all my dating years nothing appealed me to me less than like random hookups and like i just i think that takes a certain that just is a different personality type than i have you know it's just not yeah. part of me and it's not even that i was like afraid i'd fall in love with everyone i fucked i was i'm not i didn't think that i just i just am not interested in that that's not what i like sex but i don't like that you know or it's just not what I need from it. What I need is right. is the emotional connection like to somebody else. Yeah. If I wanted to just get off, I do that myself. I don't need a one night stand. For right. That. Like for me, that isn't that I, I don't feed myself in that way. I can't fill up my emotional and sexual bank that way. Like for you, what would be like meaningless sex would just be regular sex for somebody else. Like it's not a no. bad thing. You can go out but there and I have wouldn't, sex with whoever you want. I just wouldn't That's... be able to pull that trigger because I'd be like. Right. <laughs> I don't know you what we're not doing this what <laughs> also we're both like real chicken shits that's why we yeah. don't we don't do that we both have never like slept with a stranger no. that we don't like that we didn't know at some point never, before yeah, like, just gone home like, with a person from a I, bar or anything like that that's tinder scares the shit out I, of me just the thought of that is terrifying I online dated for precisely like a month maybe <laughs> Like, I'm probably not even that long and only went out with one person from that and instantly ran away, like, crying. Like, well, no, like, I mean, the date went fine, but I turned tailed and, like, hid from his communication the next, you know, like, week. I was like, no, this is, t- he. well, he came on pretty strong, in my opinion. I think other girls would have been uh-huh. very happy with it. I just was like, oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. 
you know it's a little too too much much. too fast and too crazy and so like or just for me like it was it was just intense and i'm not oh i don't handle that well and then like the longest term online dating i did was with somebody who wasn't even in our state so that worked out easily for me because i was like "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) i don't actually have to meet you (laughs) he was he was gonna move here and then i was like once he like got closer to moving here i was like oh we can't talk anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this might be like a real thing to you and I <laughs> oh my god so I'm just not that's just I just I don't know I was so bad at dating I was so bad at it I'm so glad I don't ever have to do that again. well fucking you don't have crossed, to... right oh that'd be that would not be fun I don't want to have to help anybody move <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it will no. it won't be you so I don't have to help anybody yeah <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, the re- oh, the right. reason we bring this up is because they have a moment in there where they're like, yeah, I could totally separate, but they can't because they're totally falling for each they other. Are, so. They're soulmates. They are soulmates. To the point of her coming back in this time to give each other a second chance. Obviously, they're not going to be able yeah. to just like be like, nah. <laughs> Yeah. I loved the variance of emotions that Deborah wrote throughout this book. Like there was action and love and terror, hate. There was all of this stuff. And I think the story between Eric, Sigmund and Louisa were the ones that hit me the hardest and hit me the most just because it's so familial. Oh, yeah. You know, with having a son that you're not close to and that wants to kill you and it's just ends up dying who is slowly sort of being redeemed is almost on the verge of killing his mother who he doesn't know is was once his mother you know the storyline that she just sewed together was so intense and so beautiful it really was written so well and then the way that Louisa took her own life was so I don't know I, I usually don't have like we haven't read too many stories with suicide in it and that's a that's a topic we actually don't talk about at all because it doesn't come up the way that it, because I'm particularly terrified of water, but the way that she died was she put pebbles in her, in her dress, in her right? Skirt, or her coat yeah. or something in rocks, her skirt. And then she jumped mm-hmm. rocks and then jumped off of a bridge to like, like into the water. The, just the whole thing of it just terrifies me. But I don't know, for some reason that, that whole thing really stuck with me. I actually had to put the book down a little bit and take a breather from it after reading that part, which is not something that usually happens in a book with me. I usually don't get affected mm-hmm. too much by it. I've only cried twice reading a book and I was really close to this one. I actually got through this book a lot quicker than I thought I was. I am. Proud of me? It I made is, it. it. I made it long to the one. Like, That's part yeah. of why I think it takes us, you know, we space these books out as far as we do because they are I'll read books, you know, she still doesn't have Mm -hmm. the audios of them because I think last I had seen she was fighting with her old publisher. She'd just gotten. Yeah. And she got them released. So they're hers now. I think so. Yeah. I think they're all back. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard to make older books into audio i think you know it's easier to she's still writing and she's got new stuff so i think those are coming out yeah and just not her older stuff but i just these are long books that's what i was trying to say i ended up Mm -hmm. going somewhere and then i got confused uh (laughs) they're not (laughs) short you know it isn't just it isn't just the love story there's all this other i mean basically this was also uh, nicholas and sophie's love story too as a side story yes. and then they're they're gone in the end they they sacrifice they're really actually the sacrifice that the prophecy was telling about so that's why eric's fine he doesn't the have to die sacrifice. they died in his place to bring down the dark academy which magnus had built it's all this stuff i can't even we can't go into all of it you guys have to read it you have but to it's read it on so, your own 
even with all of that stuff, it doesn't feel overwhelming. It is, again, you know, this story has spoken to me for 12 years now since it was first. I think it was in 2008 when it was written, but I could be wrong. It might have been a little bit later, but still something along that line of, you know, I have loved this book in particular, you know, over all the romances that I've read. This one I keep going back to the most because there is something in that story and in, in Eileen and Eric's and the and the just like realizing your patterns of behavior that are, you know, negative and detrimental to you and correcting them. Like there's just something so hopeful in that you know, they both overcome. Mm-hmm. And I, I know a lot of our characters do that in different ways, but somehow this just, it strikes a chord more. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, it really does. And I think what I wanted a little bit more of, but I think this would have tore me up if it would have happened, tore me up in a good way. It would have really hit my feelers is if Eric and Sigmund had a little bit more of a moment together as father and son. Yes. You know, so it's, it's sort of kind of like in the very last Harry Potter movie where they took out the nicety between Harry and Dudley in the very end where Dudley says you're not so bad or whatever it was that he said oh I don't think you're so bad or I I don't think you're a waste of space or something yeah some it was something like that I don't think you're a waste of space where they had that moment of reconciliation after years and years of just yeah, a really bad relationship. And so if Sigmund and Eric would have had a moment where they just were to come together and have some type of, you know, I'm sorry, or not even apology, but something a little bit more solidified that. Well, what did I know, you know what, what I'm saying. trying to say? What did you think? about his dream then at the end when he did dream Sigmund that's true he sort of he did sort of redeem himself at the end there with uh yes well, they, right. I, I mean, forgot about the Sigmund dream Sigmund tells him how to destroy the dragon blood elixir but they also have like it's not just that they also talk in that dream and they don't they don't fully and he got to but I think they absolve each other they do they have what they didn't have because he because di- they yeah they were they were working towards it but he was dying too quickly he just passed you know in, you know in that field yeah in the snow. I think also the atmospheric nature of the setting, the like London or England in winter with snow and rain. I the whole thing is just I love everything about all of it. I love rain. I love yeah. snow. I love gloomy, yeah. gloomy all of it together. England and I just I yes. love all of it. Give it to me. It was great. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. They did have that moment in the end there, and I actually think they got to touch. Did they they shake hands or they hugged or something? Or I want to say they that? shook hands. Or- in the yeah, dream, yeah, which was so I I had forgotten about touching, that because he yeah. does. I and love I think that. he got to acknowledge that he you know because at first he was asking his father to save him when he as he was dying and he meant save him by exposing his body to the the elements, the thus four making elements, sure yeah. he couldn't be brought back as a, a shadow dragon, which Magnus was doing yeah. to all the dead dry pyres. And Eric was like, okay, I'll, I'll try. But he didn't he didn't have faith that that was going to help his son necessarily, like in a future life or, you know, I don't know, move on. But I feel like in the dream, Sigmund got to kind of say that, yeah, that he was, you know, it is, it did. It, it is good. He's moved on and yeah. he's, yeah. I don't know. It was a good, I thought that was a really good touching moment. It was very beautiful. Like, I love the relationships that get built in these books that we read between the romance and the sex because that's what we're doing this for. But I also love <laughs> we, those side relationships. We haven't even talked about the sex, you guys. Oh my God. <laughs> we're like almost <laughs> fucking out. Wait, 
Is this shh, we're reading romance books about a father and a son? Wait, what? <laughs> Sadly emotional books. No, we're reading sexy books. Dirty books. Dirty we are. Sexy. Oh my god. Yeah. We have to we have to talk about it because I well, fucking yeah. love this part of the blue toenail comes polish comes in in the first sex scene because that's when he first sees it and then they have sex in this like they stay at this really beautiful like romantic small town england inn that's all like decorated in the victorian style you know like full yeah. on fireplace and like cloth cloth tub and you know just all this like little romantic notes that you totally see from like a rural english village <laughs> yes and it's fantastic and so staying in the, this hotel and or yeah this inn and it has a giant cloth and it'd have to be a giant cloth tub because they have sex in it. <laughs> they do and i'm just going but nobody fits in bathtubs <laughs> <laughs> and you're two people and one of you is a viking dragon <laughs> right however no never mind I have to save this for okay, our well, kiss and Okay. Tie. Well, we're, I mean, we, let's do it all together, right? If- yeah. I mean, we might as well tie our kiss and tell in with this since this is the sex scene with the hotel. Well, because the other okay. at the end, the, se- this, the, the, the sex <laughs> at the end is good, this, but it's just. It's awkward in the beginning because they're totally eye fucking each other in front of everybody. <laughs> all of the other dragons like the- and their mates. <laughs> yes. They're eye fucking and they're talking about it openly i was thinking about you this whole time i was like how would kalina feel <laughs> in this moment right now it's everybody's literally like even the other dragons are like uh we should leave because you guys totally want to fuck right now <laughs> and they're openly well, talking not only about that, they're literally glowing with the intensity of their unconsummated yes! firestorm <laughs> It is setting out sparks as they just like look at each other. <laughs> and the other dragons are like, God damn. <laughs> In front of the whole clan. Yes, they are just like, wow. Obviously, everybody leaves and they start boning on the couch. So <laughs> I was concerned about the couch, uh, but. <laughs> couch, couch is okay. Is okay. Uh, that was a good scene, too. But I, I did but like the, the, the key the one is the hotel scene. one because it has the most it's, it, yeah. it's the most detailed and like it's a long process to it, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, starts with like her running a bath and standing there in a robe and then like just dropping it to the ground while he watches. I mean, they both know that this is coming. She's, you know, she's like, OK, I'll buy this Firestone thing if it means sex. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> She you know, but she has the condoms out because she doesn't know anything about the potential. <laughs> Super Although, dragon I do sperm. have to call her out on that a little bit because he had by that point used prophesize and, and mating and like this is what the fi- why would the firestorm literally mean anything but procreation you know conception right there's no reason mm-hmm. that a dragon would be walking through the world and then just be like that hot lady just for sex. <laughs> it obviously means there's the point of it would be procreation but whatever she she doesn't know and he hasn't told her so she puts the condoms out he gets one on you know then he puts her in the tub and somehow gets in there with her which is a little confusing because <laughs> it would have to be a giant tub yeah and I there are that, i know there there are, are there giant, giant tubs. tubs i do know yeah i just don't think anything in england because i've been to europe and they do not have giant tubs they don't really have bathtubs. <laughs> no. Oh, really? Most of Europe, no. Oh, that's it's all so showers. funny. 
I have never. But and also just a giant one that's just uh, unlikely in a small inn in rural England. But I'll I'll take their word for it. <laughs> in this just particular here, one. This one hotel has one. But then, yeah, they're just, it's just a lovely, lovely scene. And then even like, I loved it even with the water splashing all over the floor. It didn't upset me at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, we. I don't think we've ever. I mean, we may. Have, I think we've had a swimming pool scene. We've had lake scenes. I don't know if we ever had a bathtub scene. There's a we've lot of shower scenes, scenes in a lot of our books. There's tons of shower scenes, but here's one thing too. I mean, they had to. They they had sex obviously a couple of times, but later on in the book, she talks about him pulling out and coming in the bathtub instead of inside of her. You know, because of the whole he doesn't want to get her pregnant thing. So she understands that. So then he only used a condom for the first round? No, I'm going to go ahead and assume he used it for all of them, but he didn't believe that they'd work. Because I don't think she would have let him... uh, Yeah, the implication is that they then had multiple instances that night. They did the first one in the tub that we got to you actually read that scene and then it it flashes forward to the next morning and references multiple nights, you know, multiple lovemaking sessions, whatever. I just had to assume he used a condom every time and pulled out every time. She just only referenced the one time later in the book. I don't know. I just have to. I mean, those okay. some things get left up to our own <laughs> interpretation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because when she brought that up later on in the book where she's like, yeah, he pulled out and come in the tub. I was like, but he wore a condom. I mean, uh, he could still come in the tub, but he wore a condom. How do you know? And I think it was I just an awkward way of phrasing what happened. I think she wanted to use as fewer words because otherwise she'd have to be like, remember in the tub <laughs> when you... <laughs> <laughs> so she just said it real quickly and he understood what she meant you know they were both there they know what they're, they're referencing they got it <laughs> so this actually ties into our kiss and tell <laughs> so the kiss and tell for this episode is uh, whether or not i mean you and i love hotels that's like I love the hotels. thing right King, i fucking love them i would go stay in a hotel and never leave the room i would just stay in there we all day we do that mostly when I we go could. to orlando <laughs> i mean that is true. Together. That is true. Although we have discovered Disney Springs, we which do we love do Disney love. Springs. So we just might have to go to Disney Springs and then come back to our hotel room and never leave it again. But anyway, so for this episode, we're going to talk about maybe sexy times in the hotel sexy room. Sexy hotel times, yeah. Just, or yeah, sexy, sexy hotel bath times, I guess, if they're, if that one yes. isn't a thing. Or... <laughs> mm-hmm. I <laughs> love hotels and I love hotel sex. <laughs> Why not? That's what, you know. Hotels are four, right? No? <laughs> They're four sex. Sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> I Definitely have two of my favorite like romantic places. There's a hotel up in Estes I've stayed at and it's just gorgeous. And oh, what's I, it like, called? I remember. Come on. It's been a couple years. Oh, because one of mine's oh, in no. Estes too. <laughs> Mine is very specific okay. though. Is yours the Stanley? No. Oh, Are God, you no. Are sex? I'm, I'm not. I have not stayed at the Stanley. I don't have. No. Oh, I don't have that. I'm I'm terrified. I don't even believe in ghosts. And so I'm, I'm sorry. too scared to stay there. Uh, yeah. Stephen King. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that right. movie. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> so, so, no, no. I don't know. It isn't one of the old, it isn't one of the old fashioned like cabiny hotels up there. It's one of the more modern ones. 
I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I loved that one. And then um, actually we're going there this weekend up in uh, Wyoming in Saratoga, the Saratoga Inn. And it has the hot springs and it has pools underneath teepee so little tiny ones like for like four people maybe max little like hot spring pool underneath a teepee and so we go up there in the winter and it usually is snowing so we're sitting in the teepee with the snow falling in a hot spring and it's literally the most romantic thing i've ever experienced oh that's so (laughs) and i'm always like quite frisky for that Ooh, Mm. yeah that sounds fun i mean like if it's snowing on you and you're in a hot spring duh like it's just well i guess you're underneath it oh yeah 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 but it's still. so you can just watch it fall outside the teepee yeah and yeah, i mean it's a yeah. smallish teepee so you can kind of put your head out if you want but but it's not actively snowing on you in that pool you can go into the bigger pool and so, it could be snowing on you while you're sitting in the hot tub so do you get your own individual teepee now, for so you, no like room? the rooms don't each come with one but there's like six of them and there's just not that many okay. rooms, and we usually are out there pretty late. There's just not – we've never encountered many other people even using the teepees. <laughs> like, it's usually just us. Oh, yeah. how funny. There was one one time when Patrick and I were, were up where this group of, like, four very, very drunk adults were causing trouble. They weren't in <laughs> our teepee. You know, we still had our own teepee. They were just – being loud and annoying and the poor being the poor rowdy. lady who was at the front desk had to keep telling him to like shut up and go go into oh, their no. rooms because they were keeping everyone awake it was awful they were unpleasant oh, but for no. the most part that doesn't happen that's happened once but every other time it's just like even if there are people around you just don't know it because they're in other teepees so who cares <laughs> right and you know yeah it, you're sitting really you're deep too teepee. they're like deep pools so it's not like yeah so even if you're you know fooling around it's kind of hidden i guess or it speaks to, i think i've brought it up a couple times that small exhibitionist twinge i have occasionally yes <laughs> not a big one <laughs> but every once in a while i'm like oh this is fine it's okay <laughs> nice so i love that so then the fun sex happens there yes or like or just just, you know fully to be fair we're in the tp for hours certain things don't necessarily work although (laughs) (laughs) you know but there's a lot of you know touching and kissing and other things you know yeah it doesn't have to be oh my god you need fry your thing for like that long (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's awesome. Um, I've got two okay. also that are super romantic. One is in Estes Park, and this one's called the Della Terra. This hotel is like not strictly, but it's pretty much all for spa type of deal. And each room has its own theme. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a moon room, and there's a sun room, and an earth room, a wind room an ethereal room. There's just like all these different rooms and different tiers. And they have this tiny restaurant in there. That's the cutest little place. And they have, it's not like they don't, you have to sort of go back into town a little bit to get food, but they have like bar food sort of, but like 
fancy bar mm-hmm. food, not trashy mm-hmm. bar food. And the the atmosphere in there is just so calm and relaxing. And every time Dan and I go up there, we always get a couple's full body massage. And each room has their own balcony or outside patio thing with a two-person hot tub. And it's, I mean, like you're in Estes, so you're on the side of yep. a fucking mountain and there's snow. Because when we go, we try to go up in February yeah. for our anniversary or, and mm-hmm. our birthdays and pancakes. <laughs> Definitely birthday. for pancakes. And, and Valentine's Day, which, I mean, we don't really celebrate Valentine's Day, but, you know, we're, we just kind of pull it all together. And there's like, you could see wild turkeys oh. out there. And we saw, we see elk there all the time. We don't ever get attacked by any of them. That's though, very so good. That's good. They, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does happen. It does. They're wild. We saw a moose once on the oh, side of the those road. Those are scary. Oh my bit. God. It was, they are scary, but they're so fucking yes. beautiful. God damn. This fucking animal was gorgeous. He was tall. He was taller than the, the, uh, my yeah, SUV. They are fucking huge. They, they are. But anyway, so that's one place. Um, so if anybody's ever up in Estes and wants to get a really good, just cool, relaxing. Oh, and that's where they have. Oh, I've got to show you pictures. So that there's obviously the room with the little sitting area, the bed and everything. But the bathroom takes up probably a third of the mm-hmm. suite. And you get this incredible walk-in shower that's got, I swear, 20. 20 different shower heads coming from all sides of the ceiling, the wall, just everywhere. It's just, oh my God, it's it's so amazing. And they've got a clawfoot bathtub that can fit two (laughs) grown adults. So this is where this book actually took place, was in Estes at this hotel. Yeah, not in London. It was in Estes. One of the reasons, I think my number one reason why I love hotels is because they never run out of hot water. Never, ever do they run out of hot water. So you are taking a shower and then you're in the hot tub and then you come and wash off again. You get into the tub and I always bring my bubble baths Mm -hmm. when I go there. And so I'm just always wet when I'm there. And I don't like water. I don't even like taking a shower. But this is is special. Like pampering water is good. Pampering water. (laughs) Pampering water. That's exactly what it is. And they have this tiny little, well, depending on which room, the last room we see and had this tiny little waterfall in there like fountain waterfall and it's just so calming and so relaxing and i would recommend anybody go there just to if you want to just have a really relaxing weekend so that's I'm a good one booking a room there soon <laughs> the delatera that's what it's called <laughs> and the other one is in manitou springs and this one's called the cliff house and this is actually one of the most highly rated romantic hotels in colorado And this is a beautiful hotel. And these rooms are each individually named after some type of like famous person, like a Mm -hmm. historic, like Buffalo Bill or Kathy Bates Mm -hmm. or. And so like each room is decorated differently. And, And those are just typical rooms. They have big bathrooms, nice showers. Some may have tubs, some may not have tubs. And the rooms are great, but they're not at all anything like the Delaterra. But they have this restaurant downstairs that has incredible food and the best souffle I've ever had in my entire life. And actually, I wouldn't mind just going up for a drive one day and just eating at the restaurant and coming Mm -hmm. back home. Just oh, for wow. that souffle. It would be worth a cheat day for that. I would <laughs> fucking do it in a heartbeat. So that's a really nice one too. And that one you stay at the hotel. You can eat at the restaurant. But then you can go into Manitou and walk around the little town. It's a cute little town. It's adorable. You know, it's like Estes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the two. And of course, sex. Sex, sex on those fucking king size oh, beds. They're so nice. It's and like just the fucking. best sheets. And giant yes. fluffy beds. 
And giant fluffy yeah. pillows. Mm-hmm. Oh, Just so, yeah. The best beds I have ever had, though, were any of the oh, Hiltons. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. The Hiltons, we- <laughs> fucking hands down. In, when we got to Orlando <laughs> last time, and then we both just, like, passed out for four hours. <laughs> like, and they have blackout fucking curtains I've never seen. That, those type of blackouts like, in my life. I don't ever sleep, and I slept in that bed. Like, I actually slept. No. I was like, oh, I need to take this bed home. Someone, help. I need this bed. <laughs> oh, my God. It was incredible. That, and I was using my EPAP machine, so I didn't actually yes. snore. <laughs> so you got <laughs> sleep. <laughs> And w- whenever I go to D.C. for work, when we used to be able <laughs> to do that, <laughs> back in the day, I think we used we stay at a Hilton also. And they have and I that's the one and only time that I ever get a hotel room mm-hmm. to myself. So then I like sleep in the middle of the bed and I'm just in my underwear and uh, that's it. And I'm just like all over the place because the beds are so comfortable. So nice. They're so comfortable. Yep. Yep. Hotels are good. Sex is fun in hotels. <laughs> yeah, I'm all, all for right. it. All right. Yeah. How long is this Two episode? hours. <laughs> I can't believe we've been on for so, so long. long. Now, we had like a half hour of shit at the front that before we started we recording. Did. But we're still like at an hour and a half. We and did. Yeah, we have a bunch to cut out, but we have talked for a long time. We, we've talked for a long time. I think it's about time we, All right. we start so wrapping right up. Now we're going to transition into our fun fuck fact for this episode. We're going to do something just quick. We, we've This long, it's already been a long time, so we're not going to really go into <laughs> it. Um, I just found an article on Bustle. It's really relevant for today and all of the, you know, COVID kind of the pandemic stuff. It's a by Alice Broster and it's from February 15th, 2021. And it's called How a Mindfulness Technique Could Help Restore Your Sex Drive. Now, I don't have any way of tying this to the story, but that's okay. I just thought this article was interesting. <laughs> and um, I'm just going to encourage everyone to read it. We'll put it up on our you know, social media platforms on the Friday when this episode comes out. But it, it basically says, you know, that we hear a lot about mindfulness techniques and, and how they can help with like stress and anxiety and, you know, all of the stuff that we're kind of going through right now. But something that people have been that has been on the rise during the pandemic is that, you know, a lot of people are experiencing low sex drives, low libido. You mm-hmm. know, we've even mentioned it in our lives. Like some of this is, it's just, yep. it's stress. We're stressed. We're anxious. The world's falling apart around us. Everyone's dying. I don't, you know, sex, what? No, I don't have time for that. Right. But this right. technique, it's called sensate focus. And this article goes into like exactly what it is. You can read about it. I'm not going to go into everything. But basically, the juxta of it is that it helps train your mind and kind of like teach your mind to get into a place where it's really just focusing on what your body's feeling. So like if mm. you're struggling with low libido or low sex drive, a lot of it can be that you're disconnected from your body because you're just in the head. We're in our brains right now with this you know, pandemic and other things. This is, People might experience this outside of the pandemic too, but this technique of focusing on the sensate, sensate focus on how you're actually feeling, what your body is feeling and where you're feeling it can really help, you know, relax, reduce stress, reduce anxiety and get you in a more intimate feeling and intimate mood. So uh, hopefully it helps anybody who's in need of it. I'm going to read up on it right now and then we're going to head off on our little sexy weekend. So <laughs> let's <Yeah>. hope it helps. <laughs> <laughs> You'll let us know, sure. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's our fun fuck fact. Uh, now we've done that. 
And let's rate this book real fast because, again, uh, this is a long episode. <laughs> I love this yes. book, though, let's so I'm okay. Real- I've got the same number for both. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ready? One, two, three. Ten. Nine. <laughs> nice. This, nice. I just have to give it a ten. I don't know that I've given yeah. any of them a full-on ten before. I think I might have once. But this is <sighs> I, this is legitimately one of my – like, I've read it probably five times. Yeah. And well, I, you haven't given any of her other books ten. But no, you have given tens you, before. Didn't you give, I think you liked the first book a lot, I want to say. Yeah, I fucking love Quinn. He's one of my favorite guys. Quinn is still one of your favorites all these years. <laughs> all these years, he's still one of my top ten. <laughs> Our kiss and tell for that book was shower sex. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's basically so bathtub funny. sex for this book. Oh that's my so god! Funny. <laughs> that is well. That just means Deborah has a theme, and that's water sex. They do all have sex in water at some point. And so far in these is, three books, <laughs> yes, that is quite. But all yeah, right. I I think you know. I guess I I okay. I will give the book overall a ten. The sex a nine. It is good. It isn't. It could be more for such a long book. It's few and far between. You know, mm-hmm. like the seat the sex. But I think what makes up for it is how intense their firestorm is even in comparison to Quinn's and Donovan's I think they prolong it so long that the sparks get so much more intense and like every touch every look every that's smoldering so that's what makes you know up for some of the you know the lack of detail and like the sex scene and the and the you know just how far apart the two sex scenes are because we yeah. get one kind of early and then we don't get another one for a long long time <laughs> yeah yeah so I will well, give I will give the sex a nine because I I could have used a little bit more because I do love these two and they would have had great sex together so oh yeah for sure (laughs) but the book as a whole is my favorite so it's a 10 (laughs) awesome I enjoyed the sex. I enjoyed the story. I really appreciate the father-son part of it and even the old Louisa mom part of it. I wasn't even mad that this is like a faded thing because I just, I love this story and I love how yeah. it's told. I'm all in on the on this particular version of faded. Thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay cool with, with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, we're and biased, even, that's and why. Even, even the fact that they all end up with conception. It's something that would definitely be not my favorite normally, but for some reason we've I, talked about that. I'm before. just like chill with it for Deborah for Cook this and one. the Dragonfire books. I'm like only I'm in for this. <laughs> Deborah's the only one that gets a pass on that, you know, I, like because we we talk about the how we don't like the faded mates, and it's like it always ends up in a pregnancy type of thing. I'm always disappointed when they like just meet and they're pregnant by the end of the book and i'm like boo (laughs) but and and not only that but i'm sorry (laughs) go ahead i was gonna say but also for this book they had agreed to have a baby out of wedlock i'm gonna say wedlock even though they don't even get married but like you know what i mean like they're like let's just have a baby and see how it goes and then you could raise it when it turns into a dragon instead of coupling and staying together because they love each other and then you know doing the baby thing but they're like no let's do the baby thing and then we'll figure out our relationship (laughs) i know but i think the only i think the only reason i'm okay with it i think or i could just be hypocritical that that's why i could be a giant hypocrite but i'm okay because they are it's the only way to make pyres like it's the only way like dragons aren't like in other books there's other usually other things happen but this is the only way and they're a dying race and they're trying to protect the world so they are okay I would yes. have a baby in those conditions. <laughs> <laughs> 
literally none other. But that condition, I'd be like, I fine. Mean, it's saving the fate of the world. You know what I didn't do for the beginning of this book? What? Was give my little quote in the beginning. I gave one for the other two. Oh, what was your quote? The professor and the leader get a second chance and save the dragons. Nice. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Well, there goes that. There you go. <laughs> I also, you know, and I guess this is also out of order, but something that it just dawned on me this time reading it, like I've been identifying with Eileen for over 10 years. I'm now actually her age. Oh my How God. How fucking weird is that? That's crazy. You're right. It's serendipitous. <laughs> This was supposed to happen. We were supposed to wait until episode 83 for this. Or 82, whatever this is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's so strange. That's so cool. It is. It is super cool. (laughs) All right. All right. So for our next book, we are going to read her Viking Wolf by Theodora Taylor, narrated by Clementine Dove. So uh, this should be good. Vikings and wolves. Sexy. Sexy Vikings and wolves, guys. Right? How can that go wrong? Right. Totally. It could go wrong. I know lots of stuff (laughs) seems like it could possibly go wrong, but we'll find out. We'll see. Yeah, so join us for that. And in the meantime, please reach out and let us know how you're doing. What's up? Do you like our books? Was this episode too long? Uh, (laughs) Did you skip all that bullshit? Anyway, you you can find us on social media at Shh Dirty Books. That's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Shh Dirty Books with three H's. Or you can email us directly at Shh Dirty Books at gmail.com. And you can visit us on our website at sturdybooks.com and most places that you could find podcasts. And if you can go to any of those places to give us a quick review, rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff, that would be really great. We'd appreciate it. And thank you so much, Jim Towson, for the music. And uh, yeah, this is Saylet. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. So long. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Galena and Saylet. Be sure to tune in to the next episode. Get some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.